Hey, sis. Hey, welcome to a new episode of That's My Sis, the one and only podcast created for the resident loyal to a fault, strong friend who is available for everyone else's problems, but hears crickets when her life is falling apart. Whether you're the strong friend in your high school crew, church, sisterhood, or the strong sister or daughter in your family, you will find space to be seen, heard, and celebrated for your strength, resilience, and tenacity when listening to That's My Sis podcast. This is your space to forget about being the answer for others. Instead, be refreshed, poured into, and empowered in Christ. Sis, laugh, cry, and shout, That's My Sis. This, whenever you hear something that resonates with your soul. Let's hop into today's episode. I am a generational curse breaker. Hey, my family and my friends. How are y'all doing? It is your girl, Jasmine Lanise, a.k.a. the queen of inspiration. Back at you with another episode. Listen, I'm sorry. I apologize for forgetting to record. There's so many great things that come through my mind, y'all, but I be forgetting to record. And I miss y'all. I miss talking to the walls. I miss having conversations with my imaginary friends. I miss (laughs) y'all. And so today in this segment, sis, let me tell you, if you are a new listener to this podcast, we have our first segment, where I tell you something that is going on with me that will get into our topic, which our topic today is I am a generational curse breaker, baby. I be coming out the fire. What does that song say? Uh, Rip me out the uh, plastic because I'm acting brand new. Listen, rip me out the plastic because baby is acting brand new. I am a generational curse breaker. I didn't pay attention to it before. I knew it in theory, but I didn't realize that in my life right now, I'm breaking curses. What are you breaking in your life, in your family's bloodline that you didn't recognize? So anyway, says, let me tell you. I literally, literally, literally just got off the phone with my younger sister and we were just talking about different things. And I was telling her how I went to Bible study the other night and we were talking, we're, we're talking about deliverance. And so in, in the um, Bible study, um, my, my leadership was talking about how there are generational curses and ancestral curses, right? And so generational curses are, um, they are released and led by unclean spirits. And so unclean spirits can be things like rape, molestation, incest, um, anger, abuse, like physical abuse, right? And so it's things where they're unclean and they're able to go back three generations. So meaning your great grandpa, your your papa, your daddy, your deity, he can have, they can have the same thing. Um, I remember I was talking to a client and she was talking about how um, her great-grandfather was a business owner, but his business did not succeed, so he quit. And then his, her granddaughter, his, her grandfather, he had a business, but it didn't succeed, so he quit. And so her father was was moving into the entrepreneur space, and um, it wasn't working out, and he quit. And so here she is as an entrepreneur. And it's getting difficult and she's ready to throw in the towel. And so she was like, um, 
you know, knowing that the Lord gave her this business, she's like, I'm going to hold on until he tells me to stop or he, until the Lord tells me to put it down. And so that's how generational curses work, right? It, it starts with a, um, a pillar in a family or a pillar in a bloodline. And what happens is it becomes a pattern. It becomes something that you cannot complete. It becomes something that you guys do. So sis, let me tell you, I was talking to my sister and we'll get into it more in detail in the next segment, but I was talking to her just recounting of the fact of we're getting older. If you've never heard me say, tell y'all, my sister and I have the exact same birthday, January 17th. We're exactly four years apart. I can't escape it. It ain't like the 17th and the 18th or the 16th and the 17th or the 17th and the 19th. Baby, we on my fourth birthday, baby was born. <laughs> and so she was born on my exact birthday. I believe she was born in the evening because we were having a birthday party. I was born in the morning and everything. And so... It's been an interesting life to have someone on the same birthday as you and you're not and you weren't literally in the same womb at the same time. And so it's like having a twin without having a twin. So it's it's a it's a fun dynamic between us. Anyway, um moving along. <laughs> anyway, sis, let me tell you this is that when I was talking to her and realizing as the older sister, there are things that I have experienced that come from my father's bloodline because we have different fathers that she may not have ever experienced. But because we were in the, the same home, we were in our mother's home, there were things that I stood in the gap for. And so if you've ever listened to any of these episodes, I believe I briefly mentioned on how um, I was molested by two different foster brothers. And so she being four years apart from me, um, I, I had an understanding at a young age that I did not want that to be her, her portion. So as long as he was there, as long as he wanted to touch me, as long as whatever, I basically allowed and gave my body up to him um, because I did not want he to um, deal with my, with my, with my sister. I didn't want him to think that he can move on. Right. And so further down the line, I didn't have an understanding until I became an adult surrendered to Christ that it was actually a bloodline curse in my father's bloodline. So we'll get into that later. But I, I just wanted to let you know that you are a curse breaker, that you don't realize that decisions that you've been making for people in your like for yourself, they're affecting your immediate family. So if you're seeing yourself deal with things or say you didn't go to college, but you have been that big sister or that big cousin or that friend, or you're not really a friend, but you've been that person in your family to encourage those younger than you to go to college and complete it, you're breaking a curse in your family of those who are, uh, who are elders that may not complete it college. Right. And so um, something that I'll briefly touch on in the next segment is ancestral things. Those things can go back further than three generations. So that means if grand, great, grand, grandpa, daddy, right? Great grandma, grandma, you know, mom, those are the unclean spirits. 
they only go back three generations, but those ancestral ones that come from like our origin of where our DNA came from before we travel, like our original state, our original um, community, where we have originated, our skin tone, our, our habits, our things like that. Those things can be ancestral, meaning if they turned away from the true living God, then there were many things and rituals and many um, cultural um cultural norms that have been passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation. And so when there comes a generation, right, I believe a generation is 20 years. When it becomes a people within a 20 year span who are like, nah, we ain't going to do that. We're not going to, that's not going to be okay in our overall family, in our overall community then you'll see that that ancient demon is looking for somewhere in the new generations. And so that's why we continue to be prayed up. That's why we have to continue to um, hold fast. And that's why you have to believe and know that you are a generational curse breaker so that whatever comes from your bloodline, whatever comes from your loins, if you have children, if your children have children and they have children, what you're doing is setting up your bloodline. What comes from your seed, whether you're a man or a woman, you're setting it up so that the enemy has no access to the next generations. And so what I learned about I think I already knew this, but what I got more clarity, and now I'm sure of it, that an, that ancestral and ancient demons, they come looking for people in the bloodline, the great-grandchildren, the great-grand, grand-grand-grand. And so if you realize in your family, nobody, nobody um, went to jail, right? So you're saying for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, you have not known of any people in your family to just be jailbirds. And then here come Ray Ray. And Ray Ray come. And Ray Ray is in and out of jail. He's, he's doing mischievous things. She's scamming. She's doing whatever she's doing. She's hooking. She's hoeing. Um, and she's in and out of unfavorable situations. Then you must, you have to become cognizant that there is an ancient demon that is trying to come with maybe a Jezebelic spirit, um, with Baal, um, that is trying to come, Molech, where they are coming to bring you into poverty and coming to bring you into a space where you are not walking in your true identity. Or, you know, you see people who have rare diseases and in your family, there is not a rare disease. Um, there's, I'm assuming that disease is not there. So some of us have made diabetes a generational curse. And then when so many people of us have it and we don't combat it with healthy living and changing our diets and how we feel around food, then it becomes an ancestral thing, meaning it will continue to come for generations and decades and great, 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 grand, so on and so forth. And so let me tell you, sis, that you are a generational curse breaker. I want to challenge you to think about what have you done differently than your grandma? What have you done differently than your grandpa? What have you done differently than your mother or your father? What have you seen your siblings do because you've decided to make different choices and to in, impact their lives in such a way that they, they think about the decisions that they made? And so we're going to talk about being a curse breaker today. And I'm just going to talk about what I've come to realize about my life 
and about myself, and then we'll get out of here. All right, so let's move into our next segment. If you are a new listener here or you don't listen often, our next segment is Lord Help Us. We are going to get to the meat of the topic at hand. And so on this episode, what, 16, our topic is I am a generational curse breaker. And so I had to take a moment. Let's take a moment. Let's go back in time. Let's think. Let's pray. Um, (laughs) I had to take a moment and really say like, Lord, where in your word that I can see that there are curse breakers? Like we know there's so many stories. Um, This is just going to be off off the record, but on the record. Um, I don't know about y'all. But you know how, like, you try to study the Bible, you try to live the word, you try to do all the things and um, to, so you can be holy and acceptable before the Lord. Can I tell y'all, there's so much information out there that sometimes I'm just like, I just want to be basic. Like, let me be basic. <laughs> let me, I don't want to know all of the, all of the names of stuff. Because what happens is like, I know that the the Bible says that people perish for the lack of knowledge. I'm still trying to figure out myself if the things that are made knowledge that be like, let's put it like this. The things that people are making knowledgeable to us, right? Making known to us. And they want us to know and to grasp and understand and utilize it in our day. I'm just getting to the point where it's like, So was I not saved or was I not working when I didn't know all this or was I just getting beat up by the devil? So anyway, that's just my sidebar. That was a sidebar. It's like I tried to learn all the things. I tried to be knowledgeable. I tried to use proper terminologies and know all the Bible stories. And, you know, people are telling us there's going to be a day where we can't do this, this and that. And And I understand that. Like there's nothing... There's nothing that I, I'm going to put past these people, these wicked, evil people. But there's also like a part of me that's kind of like, child, my brain cannot contain all of this stuff. I should have been learning this stuff from birth, but I, I haven't. So let me catch up. All right, back to the topic. So this is the segment, Lord help us. And in this segment, I try my best to expand on my thoughts or my positioning or whatever God is sharing with me about the topic at hand. And so, like I was telling you in the last segment, is that I was talking to my sister um, and realizing, because I'm about to be 33, she's about to be 29, we were talking about um, not next year, because our birthday is next year, but the next, the following year, 2025, um, we were talking about how she would be, no, it's 23. So, no, 24. Four, she'll be turning 30. No, 2025, she'll be turning. Y'all, I'm sorry, my date. But anyway, within the next year or two, she'll be turning, <laughs> she'll be turning 30, and I'll be knocking on 35, no, 34's door. And so um, we were talking about how we've moved out of our small hometown we've well first we moved out of the home which was different than what our brother did our older brother did not move out of the home 
we basically moved out of the home that we were like raised in from birth and left that to him and we moved into a new home. And so then, so we moved out of our own homes. We purchased our own cars. Um, the, my car that I purchased on my own, um, it was, it was not my first car. The first car that I received was a bucket from my parents, but it didn't work. So I, I, I got my, I bought my own car. Like there were just different little things where we kind of were like looking at our lives and at our age, our parents, um, specifically our mother, because we share a mother, our mother was in a different space, right? And so we're not saying that she created a curse or we're not saying that, you know, she, um, she messed us up so bad that we like, oh my God, thank you for doing X, Y, and Z within us. But we realized that from her mother, her mother, um, being married between the ages of 18 and 19, having six children at a young age, I believe my grandmother passed away in her forties from, from a cancer and she struggled with mental health. And from the story that I know, the things a little bit, I know that my mom has shared with us is that my grandmother, um, she, she basically, uh, didn't really drive. She didn't work outside of the home. Um, and she was really dependent on my grandfather. And, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, you know, 70s, that was kind of the thing, right? But I realized, you know, that what my mom did in like the different conversations we've had with her as her daughters, my mom did not want to be that type of woman. And so she's always been independent, um, you know, she has been married twice, but we all have different fathers. So there's different fathers in, in, in our family. And so just based off of our maternal, right? I can only talk about maternal because those are the, that's the only parent I share with my siblings is my, uh, uh, my maternal, my mom. And so I was looking and we were talking and we're reflecting and I'm kind of like processing more of it with y'all is that I was looking and talking and thinking, is that like, Looking at my mom, like, I don't know. I'm not going to tell her business. I don't know all her business. Like, I don't. Like, moms who, look, if your mama was is a baby boomer, you don't know much. A baby boomer and above, you don't know much of their business. <laughs> I don't know my mama business, but I know a little bit as she shares with us as we're growing into more of our womanhood. And so what I began to reflect on is like, I know my mother was married between the ages of 18 and 19 to her first husband. I know that she had my brother about 21. And I know that she was married at least a minimum, let's say five years. Um, I don't know if it went to like 10, like a decade, but she was married for at least a minimum, let's say a minimum of five years. And so she had a child and then she, you know, she was no longer with this person and she met my father. Um, from what I know, it was supposed to, they were, they said it was supposed to be a good time. They had this precious jewel, this beautiful flower here. And then, um, a few, maybe like, um, maybe like when I was, well, no, when I was two, she met my, my stepdad and then they got married a year later. And then a year later after that, they had my sister exactly on my fourth birthday. And so, 
realizing that the way that my life has gone, right? So how about this? Even with my mom, she graduated um, high school early. Um, she, she worked a lot. So this is the thing. I didn't get a chance to, to work. I didn't start working. Catch this. I didn't start working until 21. So me not having to be responsible for anybody or anything outside of my life and myself and maybe going to college at the time at 21 where my mom had already was been, had been married and my mom had already had a child. And so realizing that she still was following the pattern of her mom. And so I don't know about my great grandmother and what that time looked like. I don't know anything about her. Um, but I know that she had multiple kids. She had at least, let's say a minimum of four children. That's what I, I have an understanding that I have multiple aunts and, and, and uncles. So it was a minimum of four, but maybe up to maybe like seven to eight. And so my mother only had three children where my grandmother had six, but my great grandmother had six to eight. And my grandmother was not working outside of the home. Even if she was smart, she did not work outside of the home. She, you know, and so I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. Um, it may feel like I'm rambling, but this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that a generational curse or a generational pattern starts at least three, four generations before you come you come into um I come into the picture and so I don't know what my mom saw listen I don't know what my mom saw from her grandmother her great-grandmother her great-great-grand I don't know what she saw but her mother was a product of that and so the decisions that she made as a mom my mother inherited it and she she um, did her best to not follow in the same mindset. But can I come and tell you, the more that I talk to my mom and I grow as a woman, I, I don't think that because of the generational gap between us, I don't think sometimes she realizes that she's followed the pattern that was set for her as a mom. She doesn't realize she's followed the pattern that was set for her as, as a wife. And so um, she may not do the, the cleaning or she may not be in the home like my grandma was or my great-grandmother. She may not be like domesticated, but there are some aspects of motherhood where I have learned and compared that it is something that if I don't work at, which God has put in my place, uh, well, put in my mind over the last couple of years, um, before, I think when I first got, when I got married the first time, um, after I got divorced at 25, that's when I began to say, like, look, I need to become a better woman because I, I want to be a different wife. I want to be well, a better wife. I was a good wife, y'all, even if you don't think so. I was good. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to be a better wife and I want to be a different type of mother. And so I've had the practice of mothering from having a sister who's four years younger than I am. I couldn't really play and we couldn't really do much of anything together until we became teenagers. You know, we have more similar interests. And so, um, and my parents have foster children. And so I was able to practice being a different type of mother in those moments of being a young, uh, being a teenager, young adult, and being able to mother these children. Um, um, as I was helping my parents while I was living in the home. And so 
I realized that the way that I mothered, the way that I've been a, a sister to my sister, the way, like, even, let's put it like this, even in my mother's family, um, there are siblings that do not communicate. And so what I realized is that my sister, I may not talk to my brother like that, um, but I don't think because, I, well, my sister and my brother have a 14-year age gap. I'm 10 years. But I just think because of my experiences with me being sexually abused, that put a gap um, emotionally between us. And so with my sister not having that gap and them not knowing what had happened to me, I think it was easier because I have a great, like a great, like my brother is a, is a really good protector. Like he's fun. He's fun as a brother. Um, and so they were able to have that relationship without the break. Right. And so now we're getting older and things are happening. Life is life and we're learning and we're realizing things. And so we're trying to undo our traumas, unpack our traumas. Everybody's at a different space than one another. And so I think we're finally getting to a place where we all can come back together. Um, and so thank Jesus for that. <laughs> but um, what I've come to realize is that because of the differences in how I um, what I've experienced, is that I've, I've been able to reconcile with my sister and have tough conversations with her so that what I've noticed, the pattern that I've noticed with my mom and her sisters and her siblings, because she was the oldest and she had responsibilities of caring for them, and that wasn't necessarily what she wanted to do. You know, she wanted to be a child as well, and they were just different from her, you know. Um, I believe that it put a strain, it put her in a place where the relationships that she should be able to lean on, they were touch and go. And one thing that I realized once my sister and I came to like 13 and 17, I was 17, she was 13. We closed that gap and we, be, and she became one of my best friends. And so, yeah, we've had moments where we, I've had to be honest with her and she's been honest with me and it made us not want to talk to each other. But there was never really a time where our relationship was so touch and go that we just stopped communicating. And so I realized that we've breaking or even breaking how siblings in my family can get along and be friends. We like my siblings, my, my sister can have her own friends. She got her own group of friends. I have my own group of friends, but we enjoy doing things together. And so realizing that you can, you can be breaking the smallest generational curses in your life. I mean, in your bloodline and you just really don't re recognize it. You don't realize it. You don't realize you taking the stance of, well, I see how my auntie and my uncle treat each other or treat my mom. So when I have siblings or with my siblings, I have to learn to forgive and let them go and realize they have a different experience of our parents. They have a different life experience. There are things that happen behind their emotional closed doors that I don't know about. So how do I forgive and we move forward, right? And so breaking the generational curse of that, breaking the pattern of that allows your children or your and your nieces and nephews and their children and their nieces and nephews to be able to close the gap and have healthy relationships. So you got to look at that. How many siblings in your family can't get along? Are you a part of that pack? Are you, are you a part of that group? How can you rectify it? And how can you, you get to the root of it and you say, God, I need to break this because I don't want to see my children or my grandchildren or great-grandchildren growing up and picking sides against one another. 
fighting one another. And so we weren't allowed to fight in our homes because my mom said that my uncles and uncles, they used to fight amongst each other. So that's a great thing that I, I, I believe that my mom broke that, that generational pattern of that. Not, it's not okay to fight one another, but I'm not going to lie to you. I did throw some hands on my sister. Like, listen, listen, baby, if you don't hear, if you don't hear my words, you about to hear these fists. Okay. But bring it back. I'm sorry, y'all. I just remember it. It was it was 1906 in Sicily. <laughs> if you watch the Golden Girls, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not gonna tell the story. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That was funny. <laughs> I'll tell you the story on another. I'll tell you on the story on Sis. Let me tell you. Okay. I'll do it next time. Um, <laughs> But what happens is, is that you, you, we, we're making these decisions. We're making these conscious decisions, not realizing we're slowing down the pattern. And so when we're slowing down the pattern, we have to give God praise and we have to give ourselves affirmation, knowing that what we're doing is setting a new standard in our bloodline. And so some of us can only go to our maternal bloodline. Some of us can only recognize and see the patterns in our maternal bloodline. And that's okay. That's okay. You just have to ask Holy Spirit for um, the, what is the word? The knowledge and the information about the other. Or if you only know your paternal and not your maternal, you gotta, you just have to ask Holy Spirit and whatever comes up, you know, for you. Just begin to search out the things, search in the scriptures, pray about it, seek someone if you can and ask, right? And so anyway, um, <laughs> um, what I just wanted to share about that is, is that when breaking generational curses, I believe that every person in your bloodline gets an opportunity to make a different decision. And I want to read this scripture to you about um Jabez and I'll read it real quick so that we can get context. And it says in First Chronicles chapter four verse nine. Um I'm going to read it in the King James Version. It says and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bear him with sorrow Verse 10 says, and Jabez called on the, on the God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And so I want you to take this scripture and we, we know that there is a popular time where we were talking about the Jabez anointing and the prayer of Jabez, and it was being taught and preached everywhere. But I want you to recognize what he did. He had siblings. He had family that the Bible says that he was more honorable than. That means his name, listen, his name meant I birthed you in sorrow. His name meant I bore you in sorrow. And so when we think about what his name meant, or we think about where your circumstances, like for me, I am the only child in my, in my mother's bloodline born out of wedlock. My father has all or most of his children out of wedlock. 
And so I followed the pattern the of my father's family. I followed the pattern that was probably set maybe in my father's generation or maybe um he's one, he's some he's one of the youngest um in his family. Maybe there was there was a breach or a break. Maybe my grandparents had some see I don't know the details. Maybe they had some of their first um sets of children out of wedlock and so that started my family pattern of having children out of wedlock. So I am number five of seven. And every person in my family that has uh, my siblings that have children, my brothers that have children, they are not married, nor have they ever been. I have been married. So I've broken the curse of being married young, like younger than 20, right? Um, I got married at 22, but I broke the curse of being young, like a young teenager getting married young for just really, really young for no reason to where I was, you know, I was kind of getting up in my adulthood when I got married. Here's the thing. I got married after I got married around the same age my mom had her first child. So that was something that the Lord allowed me to do. I did not at 19. I was pregnant, had a miscarriage. The Lord did not allow me to have a child young. What he did, though, is I did get married, even if he gave me the opportunity. Hear this. I, I want you to hear this. He gave me the opportunity to choose a different choice, but I chose to follow that choice. And so what I did was I was like, well, I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm going to see the marriage to the end, not knowing that the Lord was saying, hey, this was not the this is not the marriage that is going to be the sustainer. So what happens is when you are dealing with generational curses, I told you everyone gets a choice. Jabez had a choice to be like his siblings. Um, Joseph had a choice to be like his siblings. David had a choice to be like his siblings. Even if you are born in unfavorable situations and you're born into a pattern of people or you're the one that sticks out like a sore thumb, that could be an indication of a pattern of a ancestral pattern that's coming to, um, to meet you or it's a generational pattern that you don't notice that you're not recognizing, right? Then um, God is giving you a choice. He highlighted you so that you have the choice to decide differently. What happens is that we not being in Christ are not fully being surrendered. We don't realize the choice that we've been given. And a lot of times when we get the opportunity to choose something different, even in the midst of our sin, we allow all the things that have happened to us or we allow the fear of the unknown stop us from making the choice. And so I come to tell you that you are a generational curse breaker. Even if you made the choice at the time to follow through with the marriage, to have the baby, to have the abortion, to, you know, to sleep with the person, to do the thing that God has given you the way of escape and you didn't recognize it because you weren't spirit led, you can go back now and under the power and the love of Jesus the Christ, you can say, Lord, I repent. And I want you to help me close the breach that I had the opportunity to close in my bloodline so that 
even if the pattern is trying to sneak up on my children or it might try to come through my womb, I shut it off now and I reverse the curse so that when I have the children or that when I'm in the marriage and it's going a certain way, Lord, you can shut the door and we can start new. Can we give God a hallelujah because he is a God of not just second, but third, fourth, fifth, 16, 29, 45, 75 chances where the Bible tells us to forgive someone 70 times 70, like 70 times seven. So I want you to understand that you're still a curse breaker. Even if the curse that you were supposed to break, you make the choice to follow the pattern. You can repent. Repentance means a turning away from what you were doing before. And so you can turn away and close the door. And then you can say whatever spirit, whatever it is that is driving you, fear, anger, pain, molestation, incest, rape, unforgiveness, whatever has been driving you to keep that thing going, begin to... the. De- Begin to declare it and break it and renounce it and denounce it off of those in your family so we can close every breach and every door so that they can turn and see that you've turned and they're like, oh, well, I can make a different choice. That is the best thing that I have realized in the, having the conversation with my sister um, today and all the other conversations we had is that because I have the Decided to follow Jesus even from a young age. I may have done some things. I may, I could have decided not to get married. But what I have been diligently doing since I've got married, or since I got divorced, the um, and now I'm remarried. I got married at 29. My sister is 28, about to be 29. Um, what I have been doing with her and any other young person that comes into my life is to let them know. Yo, you do not want to get married just to prove that you're lovable. What you want to do is wait and experience God and experience your life and experience who you are and know who you are before you commit to someone else. So I'm able to change the curse by being able to say, hey, sister, I love you. I know you have these plans. I know you have these thoughts. I know that you're trying to rush it, but it's still an accomplishment at 39 as it is at 29, right? It's still an accomplishment if you got married at 23 or if you got married at 43. So putting in perspective that we would rather marry according to purpose or we would rather have children in a, under the covenant of marriage um, that God will bless them and keep them than for us to be in a rush trying to prove that we're lovable, trying to prove or trying to follow a timeline of man. And so um, I want you to know that just like Jabez, you have the ability to go before the throne of God and say, Lord, increase me, bless me. If you see anything that's right within me, I I feel like the black sheep. I feel like the different person. I feel like my way is harder. I feel like the, I, you know I'm seeing. I'm I'm saying feeling because you it can it's a knowing inside of you, right? Your feeling is a knowing on the inside of you. Yeah, they can lie, or you can. How about this? You can misidentify what you're feeling, but it's a knowing on the inside of you. My sister was telling me. That her coworker was saying that there is an unconscious belief 
of you know how a person is and you know how you're going to deal with them. So I come to give you that same thing about spiritual things. You have an unconscious, a deep spiritual knowing because God knew you before you were even put in your flesh. He knew you because you were spirit and you were with him. You were a part of him and he is all things. He knows all things, right? He, he, Put this knowing on the inside of you. So there is a knowing that you are unique. You are different. There's a knowing that things seem um, more challenging for you. And so when you find yourself in that space, do like what Jabez did. Say, Lord, increase me. Help me. Show me which way to go. Because what they said that I am. Whether I was born out of wedlock, whether I was a product of rape, whether I was a product of an incest, molestation, whatever I've been a product of, or, you know, I'm the only one that didn't finish college, or I, I tried to go down this route of entrepreneur, of, of being an entrepreneur, and I, and I can't get it together, or, you know, Lord, I, I don't feel right in this region, even though all my family's here, where am I supposed to be? I moved from California to Texas because I never feel, felt like I was supposed to be settled in California. And so when you begin to break the curse of being stuck and stagnant in one place, when you begin to be an entrepreneur, even that's a desire for your, your mother or your father, but they never pushed it and, and it's rough for you, say, God, increase me enlarge my territory and watch him grant it because you're choosing to do something different. And so Lord, help us, help us to recognize that even the smallest patterns, even the smallest choices that you've given us on our pathway of life, whether we've done them right at the original time you offer them, or we choose to do them right, right now, we can close the the breach we can close the demonic door we can we can cast out the unclean spirit and we can renounce it denounce it meaning pulling it down from the from its powerful place and declaring that you are the you have the throne of our bloodline that it's the blood of jesus that will begin to run from three generations back until forward that this will be a bloodline purified and sanctified and any door of witchcraft any door of rebellion which is which is as a witchcraft any door of lust um lust coming through like the lust of the eye the lust of the flesh you know or the pride of life anything where we are we're money hungry poverty any door that has been open where we can't seem to get out of a certain tax bracket we can't seem to get out of a certain educational level that we will begin to move forward. And so my last thing is what I realized is that my mom has pushed to get her doctorate because that was something where she saw her mother was really smart and there were not many people who pushed for that higher level of education. But here's the thing, that's not my curse to break. I don't have to go to college and, and reach a high level. God didn't put that on me. What God has said on me though, is from my paternal side, is making it in entrepreneurship, not scamming, not scheming, not being lazy, but making it with right business, being integral, and making it in the music industry, making it in the arts and entertainment world with Christ and not on my own, because I come from a musical family. So, um, 
This segment is longer than I wanted it to be, but I pray that you gather that you are a curse breaker because you have been set up to be set apart and God keeps giving you choices to do things differently. Make the choice and close the breach. All right. And so I'll see you in the next segment. Okay, so we're back for our next segment, which is This Will Preach. And I want to begin to wrap this topic up. And so when I say that you are a generational curse breaker, just like Jay Bass was more honorable than his siblings, than those in his family, Noah was called out to build the ark because the people around him were... Um, were wicked and evil. And so his obedience to God, his faithfulness to God saved generations. He saved three generations. Listen to this. He saved three generations. And so with Noah, he was dealing with an ancestral demon of, of um, recklessness, rebellion, witchcraft, idolatry. He was dealing with ancestral. I'm going to tell you why. Because it wasn't just three generations, it was like the people who were his family that was around him. So it was a mix of older and young, you know, people that in his peer group, those younger, those older, they were all living how they wanted to. And it was only his family. Remember, I said the thing about an ancestral um, curse is and um, your ancestral, the ancestral demons they um, are at a higher rank. That means they have greater capacity than an unclean spirit. And what they can do is they can go back. They can go back to like Adam. They can go back to Eve. They can go back to Cain and Abel. They, can, they went back and they were able to change the trajectory of the course of the, the generations that are being birthed out, you know, um, past three generations. So even if I think I, I, I won't say verbatim, but I believe that Lamech, um, Noah's father, he did something against God. And so you begin to realize that there were, he had cousins and aunties and uncles and brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and, um, people around him for generations, generations, generations that had turned from God the Tower of Babel, like, you know, they were turning from God and operating with demonic um, principalities, operating with demons, disembodied spirits. Those are the Nephilim. Like they were worshiping those things in place of being a theocracy, being led by God, right? And so I want you to understand that there are going to be times where you recognize, okay, well, in my immediate family, I'm beginning to make choices. I'm beginning to steward my children, my grandchildren differently. Now, I want you to begin to think about, Lord, where are the places in my life that are coming up um, that I see in my cousins? I see, you know, in the elders above me, you know, I'm, you may not be able to go four, five, six, seven generations if you're blessed to do it and you've heard stories. Or you realize like, yo, all of my family, everyone that I've known, um, you know, not many of them have not been scammers. And so you have to begin to say, God, did this start at the root of my family tree? 
And so what, so meaning back to if you came from Europe, if you came from Africa, what did this start so far back that my whole family has began to take on this identity, right? So if you know the comedic, um, the, the, the comedic family, the Waynes, it seems like they are breeding generations of comedians and, and movie writers and, and filmmakers. So that would be their, their generational blessing. But let's say once the, I think Marlon Wayne said in an interview, he has 45 nieces and nephews. So when they start producing and they keep producing and then they produce, it now will become an ancestor thing. Because it started with the mother and the father and they kept producing generations and generations and generations. So if each generation continues into this business and this legacy, then it would be like my ancestors because it's multiple generations now. And so my whole point that I want to say in this segment, this will preach is I want you to begin to say, God, there are things that are generational patterns and curses that I see, but father, show me what are the generational blessings? What are the things in my life that I see that you bless my grandma with, you bless my mother with, you bless my great grandmother with, if you have that knowledge and say, God, I need to be able to access the generational blessings so that I can have the power and the authority to release them as I'm breaking the generational curses. So as you're closing the doors, as you're saying, Lord, I close the door to, um, to violence. I close the door to rage and anger. We renounce it. We denounce it. We no longer give it, um, give it access, whether it came in legally through our decisions or it came in illegally by me doing things or being um, upset, not forgiving that God, I just want um, my bloodline to be purified and free. So I close every breach. I put a firewall of protection. And so father, give me the access to the generational blessings. Jabez did not just say, Hey, break me out of the curse of my name. Break me out of what my mother was feeling for generation to generation or from child to child. But God, give me access now to the blessing that is my blood, my, my inheritance. That's the inheritance of my bloodline. The thing is, I want you to begin to realize that um, your ancestors, whomever they were, whatever they were doing, that if they were not ones who produced fruit um, from the vine of Jesus the Christ, if they were not ones who were obedient to God, then you're going to find yourself tripping over what they did not do. And so in order for you to combat the ancestral thing, right, of Noah, Noah had to follow the exact, listen, Noah had to follow exactly what God wanted him to do and be committed to that building that ark for however long he had to build it, even if he never saw what was going to take place. He had to steward his family well, and he had to ignore the enemies that were coming up against him. And so if you're, if you want to break the ancestral curses and the things that are coming up against you, you have to be dedicated and diligent to following the instructions that God has given you for your life. 
So, Mo, so sorry, not Moses, but Noah was diligent. And so listen, this is how the generational thing, I mean, the, um, not the generational, the ancestral thing works. Look at Noah, who was different from the generations and generations before him, right? There's a gap between him and Enoch who walked with God and Methuselah, who was one of the longest people living on the earth outside of Adam or whatever, I believe, um, you, you will begin to see, right? You will begin to see that Noah, he, he, um, he broke the ancestral demon of idolatry, unrighteousness by being righteous before his community, being the one that's called out, being different, following God unto the T. And he was able to start over. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If there is an opening in any generation, I want you to know this. This is just a revelation from God. I would have to talk to my pastor and kind of see what she thinks about it. Um, just because she was the one doing the teaching and God just gave me more revelation. Um, I want you to begin to think this is that um, Noah being now, listen, the, the bloodline curse was wiped out when, when God wiped out the whole earth. Noah becomes the tree. He becomes the ancestor. He became, he becomes the foundation, right? And because he was righteous before God, he had already produced children that he had vines and branches that would be, that would be holy. So now we can create a next generation who would be holy, not operating under generational curses. But here's the problem. If there is someone in your family, no matter if it's been surrendered to Christ and there is still a door that was open, the thing is, is that when Noah was exposed of his nakedness, and I believe it was Ham who, who thought it was funny to kind of like look at his nakedness and not honor and, and revere him. The thing is, there could be a generational curse that is still underlying. And so um, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they represent three generations. We don't know if they were born at the same time. We don't know the differences in their age. So they represent three different generations. And so you have to begin to say, okay, Lord, if I, if I surrender myself to you and do what you've called me to do, have life or a consecration, and I'm, and I'm, listen, I'm making different choices to break the generational curse and the next generation decides to tap into ancestral things. Father, how do I deal with that? How do I deal with that? How do I deal with that? And so what ends up happening is, is that the people that came from Ham is, will be cursed, right? They, they, they were cursed. Um, um, I want to say the Cushites came from them, which is Canaan. They were cursed. And so here's the thing. We can do our due diligence. We can stay postured before the, before the Lord. We can break generational curses by choosing to do different to, to, to follow the instructions of how we're supposed to live our lives and follow the wisdom of God. We can access like Jabez, the generational blessings, right? They were blessed. 
They were taken care of. They had wealth and finances, Noah and his family. So we can take care of the generational blessings. And the fact of the matter is he is being remembered for what thousands and thousands of years, which is a blessing that his story is continuing to be used. And, and excuse me, God gave him a promise. So that is a generational blessing that he will forever have the promise that was made to Noah. Noah's name will be forever mentioned about the promise, right? And so when we come to understanding that these demons are strong and we come to understanding that generational curses are broken by doing, by working, working our faith by faith and works, by believing and following the wisdom and the spirit of God, then understanding that you have no control over a, a wicked generation. You have no control over those who choose not to follow God in your life and in your family. So I want you to realize that you are the generational curse breaker, that if God is calling you to do something like a Noah, to do something like a Moses, to do something like a David, if God is calling you to do something like a Solomon, to change the trajectory of a whole, like not just a generation, but generations and generations and generations, you have to be willing to be surrendered completely. And then you have to let it go and recognize, like Jesus told the Pharisees, you, you, um, you old vipers, you bloody vipers, you wicked and faithless generation. He understood that even after he was done, there would be people who would not follow and listen to him. And so what we do is as each one being a generational curse breaker, we Staying in the gap until there's enough of us that pull the stronghold down. So if you're not seeing a change in the trajectory of your life or your family's life, and you know that you're doing things differently, then I want you to have faith and hope, faith and hope to know that Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, we can keep our eyes unto him. And we will be the example for the other generational curse breakers, the curse breakers in our family to rise up. And eventually we will have enough of us in position that that demonic principality, that that demon, that spirit, that ancestral spirit will fall. And so we see how it took a whole people. We see how it took a whole bloodline. But then we still have. Shem and Japheth. And so God continues to bless them and do work through them and repopulate the earth through them. And that's how we have, that's how we have the rest of the Hebrew, the Hebrews, the rest of the Israelites, the 12 tribes. That's how we get to Abraham. That's how we get to Isaac. That's how we get to Jacob. That's how we get to David. That's how we get to Jesus. That's how we get to Peter. Um, that's how we get to Paul. That's how we get to us. And so that's how we'll get to the second coming of Jesus is that even though there have been some missteps and mishaps, don't discredit what you have done. So God is making you an example to the next. So just think about it. What I've broken and what my sister is going to break, I declare and decree that she would break this um, curse of divorce in my, on my mother's side. 
is that I um because my my brother's going through a divorce, I got divorced, my mom got divorced, and so I'm believing that my sister, when the Lord blesses her with her pur- purpose partner, um that she will not be divorced and she will have a happy loving relationship. And I was telling her that I believe that God is using my husband and myself for those around us, but specifically for her and other people in our family to have a, to to know what it looks like to have a marriage where you actually are friends and love and like the person. I don't just love my husband, I like him. And so um just know that as you're you're choosing to follow God, sis, being the strong friend, doing what you're doing, you following God and you allowing him to work on you and deal with you and you're doing things not to people please, but you're truly surrendering your your will, your career, your marriages, your bodies, your you know, all your hopes and dreams and all the and on all the things, you're really giving it to him and you're and you're not putting on airs for other people, then you're going to realize your loyalty and strength in Christ is going to break things off of your natural and your spiritual family. And you're going to see Jesus show up and release blessings to those attached to you. And that if we keep it going and we continue to be who we're called to be, then generation to generation, then the ancestral demon can will no longer be able to look back four, five, six, seven generations of people to, to send the same thing. And so I just come to declare that you are a generational curse breaker. I'm so proud of what you're doing. Keep going. Keep trusting God. I'll see you in our outro. All right. So this is the very last segment, and then we'll get into our outro. The last segment is, here's your flowers. And so if you are new to this or you haven't listened for a while, I try to specifically call out women or men, right? Because I'm, I'm a sister to men too. <laughs> hey, bro. Um, I'm, <laughs> I try to call out people or groups of people who are doing the work, who may who, are, who may feel like, let me say this way, who may feel like they're not being acknowledged or they're overlooked in the work that they're doing. And so I'm saying, here's your flowers to all of the generational curse breakers. Whether you're breaking the curse of your grandma, whether you're breaking the curse of your great grandma, whether you're breaking the curse of your mother or your father, whatever you realize that you have not done, that you see in your family there's a pattern, how about this? Like, in my family and my mother's side, there my mother is the only one that I've seen to be married. And so on my father's side, I'm the only one that I've seen to be married. And um on my mom, like with my siblings, um, uh, my brother, what is well, you know, he was married, now he's going through a divorce, but I will be the only one married again. And so I believe that God is using me to reestablish godly covenant 
instead of worldly covenants with people. And so I want to give you your flowers. I want to acknowledge you. I want to release blessings over you. I, I declare and decree over your life according to the word of God, according according to First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, the Jabez prayer that when he says, bless me, enlarge my territory, increase me. I declare that you will be increased, that you just won't be breaking the curse, but you will begin to receive the blessing of the generation. What people put down, God is about to put in your hands. What people ignoring, God is about to illuminate for you so that you can move in power and in might and in his, by his spirit. So be proud of what you've done. Whether you hold, you've held out held out on being married to people who were not godly, whether you've decided to keep your virginity, whether you um, um, passed the time, whether you you became an advocate and a protector of children after you have been molested. So you watch over the children of your family or the people who come through your home. And so whatever you have done to stop what you've seen take place in generations before, or what you've seen take place in your life, God is pleased. And he's and in this new year of um, 5784 in the Hebraic calendar of the year of open doors, he is about to release the generational blessings for you. Open up, receive it, thank God for it, because you are doing the work in which you're called. If you don't know your purpose, baby, you, this is part of your purpose. This is part of your ministry to be the warrior and to stand up and to rise up. I call the women of my ministry uh, warrior queens. Listen, once God adds men, they, they're men, they're going to be warrior kings. That you have come to fight, to be skillful, to be successful, to have dominion, power, and authority. Don't ever think that what you're doing does not mean anything. If you're going to school and it's taken forever and you know that there are people in your family that have not finished college, you are the curse breaker. And so you're going to influence and help um, someone in your family or someone who is like family, who is like a spiritual um, family member of yours. You're going to help them see that with God, anything is possible. Even if you've dropped the ball, repent, ask God to increase you to a larger territory and receive the generational blessings. And so I want to tell you, thank you for listening to this episode of That's My Sis, the one and only podcast for the resident loyal to a fault strong friend. I'm glad that you are still rocking with me. Share this with somebody so that they'll be encouraged to know that the path that God has them on, they're breaking curses, they're breaking patterns. They are being set up to be an example for the next generation or the now generation. Don't take for granted what you have accomplished because it is praiseworthy and God is getting glory out of your life. I will see you in the next episode, episode 17, as we're on our countdown to episode 20, which will be conclude the end of this first season. We'll take a few weeks off and then we'll be back to releasing podcasts every week. I love you. God bless you. Keep me in your prayers. See you next time. Bye.
sis. Thanks for listening to That's My Sis podcast with your host, Jasmine Lanise, a.k.a. the Queen of Inspiration. I hope that you really enjoyed as I shared from my heart the topic, I am a generational curse breaker. I pray that you remember that to break a generational curse, you have the decision to do something different. I want you to remember that even if you miss the opportunity before, you can now repent and ask God to increase you and help you. And you close every door, every entry point to the enemy in the generations three ahead of you and the generations three to four to five after you began to speak and believe by faith and follow the instructions that God is giving you. I want you to also remember and take away from this episode that you can be a a catalyst for the ancestral demons that are attacking your family or you see attacking different generations in your family to begin to um, be torn down through your dedication, through your building of your ministry, through your building of your family, to your building of your business. Stick and hold to the purpose in which God is giving you because God is releasing your generational blessings so that you will have the authority, the knowledge, the wisdom, the know-how to do what is necessary for your family that are in the natural by blood and those spiritually to stay free. If you've enjoyed yourself, you felt empowered, and you laughed a little, come back for next week's episode. Sis, head on over to good old Google and email me at jasmineanise at gmail.com. Share with me your thoughts. Share with me your dislikes. Share with me topics that you will want me to expand on. Um, If you need any type of counseling, I am a certified Christian counselor and life coach. I also provide prophetic counsel and wisdom. And so sign up for um, for a session and, and put in your in the heading that you're looking to have a counseling session or for me to be able to hear a dream, hear, um, you know, something that in your spiritual walk that you need more understanding. And we'll begin to move on from there. Um, if you would like to honor someone specifically, be sure to email me at J-A-S-M-I-N-E-L-Y-N-I-S-E at gmail.com. Continue to pray that we will get a website soon for you can, you can watch clips, you can hear clips, you can get more information, you can see blogs, you can learn more about what my ministry is doing, and you can be a part of my community. And so you can follow me on Facebook at Jasmine Haynes, be sure to message me and let me know that you are a listener to the That's My Sis podcast. You can also um, follow me on TikTok at I am Jasmine Lanise or on Clubhouse at Jasmine Lanise. So until next week, sis is Jasmine Lanise signing off. Be bold, be you, be free. Bye. (laughs)